Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So glad you're here today. Welcome if you're visiting. I think there might be one or two visitors, so great to have you with us. Um, Great to be in God's house today. We're here to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We're here to give glory to him. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Good, some people are. There's a definite lack of enthusiasm this morning. Um, But uh, yeah, we're here. Welcome to those who are joining us online as well. Great to have you with us. Hope that you can stay with us all the way through the service. Um, We're going to stand if you're able. We're going to worship God. We're going to pray. And we're just going to enter into his presence with thanksgiving today. And so, Father, we just thank you that you're here in this place today. Father, we thank you that uh, before before this day even came into being, you saw this day, you had it in mind, you saw that we would be here worshipping you, being with each other, church family, and Lord, we just pray that you'd move in our presence today. Father, we pray that your spirit would move amongst us and have your way amongst us, and Father, that you'd speak and that you would just encourage us, and Father, that you'd challenge us. But Lord, we just pray that as we sing songs of praise to you this morning, Lord, as we worship you in song, Father, we just ask that you'd come and that you'd live in our praise, that you'd fill this room with your presence as we praise you. Lord, help us to keep looking to Jesus this morning and to give glory to you in everything that is said and everything that is done. And all God's people said, Amen. Lord bless you. Let's worship God with song today.
that's our prayer this morning is that you breathe miracles amongst us. Father, there are many in this congregation today and online and Father, people who maybe can't make it, Father, just who need that breakthrough, need that miracle. And Father, we just pray that you come and that you bring those miracles. Father, that you would cause those things to happen. Lord, it's not what we can do, but it's about what you can do. And Father, we know that you can do immeasurably more above all that we could ever ask or imagine. And Father, we have great imaginations. But Father, how wonderful is the God that we worship today. And Father, we just pray, even as we worship you, Father, we pray that you move in healing power, move in miracles, Father. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's one thing to say, sing these words in a a song of worship to you. Father, we trust you. We trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. Father, it's one thing to sing them. It's maybe another thing to put them into practice in everyday life. Father, to trust you when uh, things don't maybe seem to be going the way we would like them to or expect them to. But Father, we just pray help us in every situation in life to trust you. Father, we pray in, in every moment in life, Father, help us to just pause and to remember that you're with us, to remember that you live within us, and Father, to remember that you want to outwork your purposes in us. And so, Father, we just pray, help us to stay focused on you. Even even when things around us may be uh, seeming to be a little bit chaotic, and uh, Father, there are things which are out with our control. Lord, help us to trust you with everything that's within us. Help us to look to you. And Father, we pray, help us not to be tempted away into uh, alleyways that will end up in dead ends and Father, end up distracting us and and keeping us waylaid for sometimes years, uh, Lord. Sometimes we get waylaid for years because we're down the wrong track. Lord, we pray, keep us firmly planted in the path that you have for us. Father, help us to, to just stay focused on you, to keep our eyes fixed on you, to keep our eyes fixed on the light. Father, just as we thought about last week, Lord, to to stay in the light, to remain in the light, to remain in the light of your presence and to remain in the light of your precepts. And Father, we pray, help us to stay in that place. Help us to stay in that place of being focused entirely on you. Lord, we ask that you'd help us. Lord, we're weak. But Lord, I thank you that your word says that you know how we're made. You know that we're made of dust. Father, you know our weaknesses. You know that we're weak. You know that we're prone to... to to failure but Lord we know that you can work in us and keep us focused and keep us on that right track and so Father that's my prayer today Lord I pray that is is, uh, a prayer for all of us today Father help us to keep our eyes fixed in Jesus the author the author and perfecter of our faith and so Father as this service continues Lord we pray may we know your presence may it increase and Father may you move amongst us Holy Spirit come and to just touch people's hearts and lives in this place today. Those who are online, those who may be listening to this uh, as a podcast later on. Father, we just ask that you touch hearts and lives. And Father, that you'd minister into the situations that, that people are facing. in the service at the moment because I really feel that there are maybe one or two people who are facing what seems to be an impossible situation. You're looking at it and you can't see a way out and you can't see a way round. You're looking at an impossible situation. I really feel the Lord is saying to you, just keep your eyes fixed on me. Don't look at the problem, look at me. Keep trusting, keep looking at me. Don't take your eyes off of me and look at the problem and that I was just thinking um, as I was praying about that story of Peter um, who even in a boat in the middle of the lake with the wind and the waves he, he stepped out of that boat and he walked towards Jesus 
and he kept his eyes fixed in Jesus and it was when he took his eyes off the Lord that he began to sink but the Lord was gracious to him and came and lifted him and they, they both got back into the boat and the, the storm was stilled and I really feel that's a word for some people um, maybe in here, maybe online, maybe somebody who's listening to this in a podcast later on, it's a word for you today. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Don't be distracted by the storm. The storm's there, and that's part of life. But don't be distracted by the storm. Keep your eyes fixed on him, and he will be your strength. He will come, and he will be the one who rescues you in the midst of the storm. So, Father, help us to keep our eyes totally fixed on you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. As you know, um, we get involved with Samaritan's Purse every year. Um, you can see down the front to my right, uh, there's shoeboxes, um, and this will all be uh, available for you to take away, fill a shoebox with lots of lovely toys for boys and girls. We're just going to show a little video um, that reminds us about that, and then boys, are, boys and girls are going to go to Treasure Kids. So let's watch this little video first. come off those boxes, you've never seen such pure joy. This is amazing. As you can see, the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time. What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift. This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just a child, but a whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. The joy on the child's face when they get a gift. It's amazing, isn't it? But it's more than just the gift. It's what comes along with that. It's that sense of community and that sense of uh, God's presence in the whole situation. And so I want to encourage you to just get one of those shoeboxes, fill it up with wonderful things. There's a slight cost to uh, go towards postage and stuff like that as well. It's all explained in the leaflet. Take a box and the leaflet. Bring it back on the 20th of November and we'll get them shipped off. And this year, boxes are going to the Ukraine. So there's a major effort in the UK to put all of the shoe boxes that come from UK out to Ukraine. And so that's the primary target um, this year. And I want to encourage you as well, don't just see it as a, a practical task to do. See it as a spiritual challenge. Pray over every gift that you put in. Pray over that shoebox. And when these shoeboxes, Deborah comes and takes the shoeboxes away, uh, once we've collected them all, we're going to be praying over those shoeboxes shoe as well, that God blesses those boxes, that God blesses the children who receive them, and that we get to share in the joy of a child coming to know Jesus. Um, and so that's my encouragement to you today. Um, boys and girls are going to go out to uh, Rainbow Ki Treasure Kids. <laughs> I still said it wrong, and I, that was me trying to get it right. So let's just break for one minute. Say hi to the person next to you. We've got one or two more announcements, but boys and girls, you have fun at Treasure Kids, and we'll see you at the end.
Okay, if we could just uh, focus our attention on the front again, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, just one or two announcements, one or two more announcements. Um, today, after church, immediately after church, uh, we'll have our membership class. It's the second of three. Um, so we hope that you're, if you're not a member, you're planning to come along to that. Uh, so just a reminder that that's on. Today there will be uh, rolls as well, because people were a bit peckish last time, I think. So we've got rolls for you. Um, if you're a member and you want to stay for rolls, well, feel free. Um, that's okay as well. All the groups will be on this week. Prayer groups, uh, Treasure Kids, Treasure Tots, Oxygen. It's all on this week. Our prayer groups are back on. Uh, this Tuesday, we'll be meeting in the church for prayer for our encounter evening. If you want to, to be prayed for, if you've got a need, then to, this, this Tuesday night is a night for us just to come and just to really encounter God in prayer. And I can't underestimate the importance of prayer. If we want to see anything happen that's of any eternal consequence, we need to pray. Right? God does nothing without us praying first. And so let's begin to really grasp the importance of prayer. And to help us to grasp the importance of prayer, I've invited along Alistair Barton from Pray for Scotland, nonetheless. And uh, I'm looking forward to Alistair coming and joining us next Sunday to talk about prayer and to talk about the importance of prayer. So please be here next Sunday. Um, also, on the 6th of November, it's not far away, we will have Membership Sunday. So those who are not members will come into membership that Sunday. I'm hoping that we have a full turnout of the church to welcome in new members. And on the 19th of November, it's a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock in the church here. I announced this last week. I'll not do a big announcement this week, but we're going to have a service of Thanksgiving where we remember people that we have lost, people that we've grieved, and uh, we will come together just to remember people in our church and beyond in our families and just to have a moment in the life of the church to acknowledge our loss, to acknowledge our grief, to acknowledge the things that we've been working through over just, you know, even for some of us just the last couple of years, but, but, but even beyond that. So it's a time for us to come together as a church family and just to acknowledge uh, those that we love and have lost. Let's bow our heads in prayer before we open up God's word this morning. Father, we pray, come and speak to us through your word. Lord, we know that your word is able to transform us as your spirit takes it and brings life. And as the spirit and the word come together, Father, there's a transaction, there's a, a, a transformation happens in our thinking. And Lord, we pray that our thinking would be challenged today. That, Lord, the way, the way that we think, the very roots of who we are is, is in how we think. Lord, we pray challenges at the very roots of who we are as people. And, Lord, we pray that you transform our thinking so that we begin to think as you would think. Lord, your ways are higher than our ways. We sung that in, its, in that song. Father, your ways are beyond our understanding, and we can't grasp those ways. But, Father, we pray, help us to be transformed by the renew renewing of our mind that we would begin to at least grasp something of who you are and what you're doing in this world. So, Lord, may we be transformed as we think on your word today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. We're going to be turning in the Bible in just a minute to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, but just to recap, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this mini-series about how we run the race. We've thought about running to win, and we looked at the, the London Marathon, which had been just the week before, and some examples from that, and some examples of other things which are happening uh, around about us in West Lothian. Um, 
just let me clarify, I was joking about all those things, just for those who are online, just in case one of our councillors is watching our service today, um, I was joking. Um, we, we, last week we talked about um, running with understanding, and we talked about how we, in sharing our faith, and not just in words, but in the, the way that we live, we begin to grow in our understanding of that faith. And so we talked about running with understanding. And today, our title is simply to run with others. I don't know about you, I know that I need to run the Christian race with other people. I cannot do this on my own. And I'm so blessed to have been part of this church for three decades now, and to be running along this race with others, and it's such a privilege. And I want to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 today. I'll come up on the screen, read it in your Bibles if you want to. But this is what it says about the, the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What an incredible passage of Scripture. What an incredible picture it paints of the fledgling church just coming into being. I don't know if you've noticed something in this passage today, and it's the, the plural nature of the passage. Let me just highlight some of those words. They're highlighted in yellow on the screen there. They, themselves, apostles, plural, fellowship, which is about intimate partnership. You can't have intimate partnership with yourself. You need to have somebody to have fellowship with, don't you? Everyone, apostles, all believers together, common, there, they, they, together, they, they're together. It keeps mentioning these words. Hearts, all people, their number, not just one person, but their number and those. It's all plural. It's about people coming together and being church together. And I think, if I can say one thing, Christianity is not a solo pursuit. It's not a solo pursuit. It's a team sport. We're in this together, and we need to learn to run with others. If you're making Christianity a solo pursuit, you're losing out, but also other people are losing out. It's not a solo pursuit. There's something challenging about getting on the bike. Ouch, that was sore. About getting on the bike and doing 40 miles on the bike and, and racing against the clock. There's something really challenging about that. But when you cycle along beside others and you have fellowship, when you're doing it, it's just amazing. And today I want to draw our attention uh, to, to this particular part of the verse. All the believers were together and had everything in common. All the believers. At this point in time, there were no factions no denominations, just believers. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that it was just people who loved Jesus and had chose to, to follow him and to give their lives to him. Just believers. And believers are people who not only believe in Jesus, but people who have submitted to his rule in their lives. They've surrendered their lives to Christ. Let's not forget that the demons believe in Jesus. Are they following Jesus? That was not a rhetorical question. Are the demons following Jesus? No. They're opposed to the church. They're opposed to the kingdom of God, but they believe in Jesus. 
You can believe in Jesus, but not be following Jesus. And the challenge for us today is to be submitted to his rule in our lives. It says that they were together. And the more full translation would be together the same. Together the same. They shared the same faith, the same beliefs, and the same call to be his witnesses. They had everything in common, everything being each and every part, every single person making the whole unit. When people are not in church, there's something missing. There's something missing. Your voice is missing in the praise. Your prayers are missing. And I want to encourage us to think about this verse today that Christianity is a team sport. It's not a solo effort. Just to give you a little example, and just recently I've been watching on TV, on Catch Up, I've been watching this program called Commando. Um, I have always loved um, this sort of stuff, even when I was a wee boy. Um, I used to watch all these programs, um, and I would have went into the armed forces in one way or another. Had I not come to a crucial question, could I take up and uh, could I take up arms and actually take somebody else's life? When I was old enough to contemplate that question, I realized I couldn't. I probably couldn't do that. But I admire people like chaplains who go out with the armed forces and serve, and they have no, they have no sidearm, they have no weapons to defend themselves. But these people in the picture here, I would like to call them undivided individuals. Undivided individuals. Each and every individual forms the unit. Every person is needed to form that commando unit. And every time they're on a mission, there must be clarity about the mission, but there must be unity around the mission. Their very lives depend on the person standing next to them. The people in that photograph there, their ability to work together as a unit will determine the outcome. If you've got somebody who's untrained, somebody who wants to do their own thing, somebody who wants to go on a different mission, the mission will fail. And we need to learn something from this as a church. We need to learn that we need to be together. We need to work together towards the mission. And you know what our church mission is. We've stripped everything right back to the very basics. It's to reach people with the gospel. It's to win people for Christ. It's to see people growing in their faith. That's called making disciples and of all nations. And it's to see people serve in the kingdom of God. And I'm not sure about you, but I identify with this parallel uh, image here as the church being an army. This is how I view the church, a spiritual army fighting a spiritual enemy. And this is how I view my role in the church, a spiritual soldier fighting alongside others in a team, a unit. This is our unit. We have a spiritual battle to win in our community and the communities that we represent as a church. We are a fighting force, a spiritual fighting force for good. And we are on that mission and we're on the way out of the COVID years and the restrictions, are, at least I'm hoping we are. Numbers seem to be increasing again, but hey. But the problem is that we're emerging into an equally challenging time. Well, all we need to do is turn on our TVs over this weekend and there's leadership crisis again. There's turmoil again. 
There's division, there's uncertainty, there's fear, there's financial insecurity. And this is the world that we live in. This is our time. This is our time to be the body of Christ and the society that we live in. This is our time for people to see the way that we live our lives, the way that we approach the problems and say, actually, there is hope. Actually, we can lift our heads up in the difficult times. Here's a different example, but one that I hope you will enjoy. I know that we enjoyed that moment, crossing the finishing line at Lewis, four of us cycling to raise money for Watoto, an example of a unit working together in harmony. Were we all going at the same pace? No. Were some people racing ahead? Yes. (laughs) Did we approach things differently? Yes. Did we all learn different things about ourselves as we endured the challenge? Yes, we did. But a unit working towards a single purpose. Total uh, cycling hours around 15. Total distance 184 miles. Total feet climbed 7,475. Average speed 12.6 miles per hour. Total raised for a total about four and a half thousand pounds. A unit. A unit working together with a common purpose, a common aim, a common objective in mind. And when we do the next one, it's going to be even longer. Hey, Stuart? (laughs) And if you want to join in that cycle and you want it to be longer, you want to go for it, you want to raise money for mission, then you get involved. Undivided individuals. And let's not forget David, our compadre, who was driving. Um, He was the one who kept us all safe and secure and cooked the bacon rolls and did all that great stuff. There's something amazing about sitting around chatting as a group of guys over a bacon roll and a cup of coffee. It's just amazing. Who wants to start a men's ministry around bacon rolls? Any any volunteers today? Yep. Well done, that man. Looking forward to it. I like mine crispy and I like my coffee milky. (laughs) Undivided individuals united around a, a common purpose to help other people to share the gospel of Jesus. And one of the significant moments when we were away was stopping in a little village in Lewis called Barvis, which was the site of a revival many years ago, and praying in that site and say, Lord, we're not looking for you to do it again. We're looking for you to do something new. Do a new thing in our generation. This is what the Bible says. It says how good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. That's the new revised standard version. How good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. This this passage speaks of a unitedness. And it's nothing to do with football teams, okay? Of being together, of community in action, place, or time. A community, a united community in action, place, or time. Undivided individuals. There's a place for us all. See, when I looked up this passage, I was finding out what that passage doesn't mean as well because it's used in another place in the Old Testament where it talks about Abraham and Lot and how their, 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 their possessions have grown, their, their herds have grown, the amount of people working for them has grown, and there's not enough room for them all in the land that they're in. And they agree to separate and to part company. And so Abraham goes one way and Lot goes the other way. Lot chooses the green land. He faces towards Sodom. Before long, he's living in Sodom. He's become part 
of the community. They are part of the society. He made the wrong choice. And yet Abraham said, you go wherever you want. I'll go where you don't want to go. But Abraham was the one that was blessed. But the point is that the kindred parted company. And it's one of the places where this word, this idea is used. But it's saying for about us how pleasant, how good and pleasant it is when we as kindred, the church family, are together in unity. I would say if there's a problem, it's that we see the problems. And some people are more apt to see the problems than others. I don't know about you. I'm probably one of those people who sees the problems. That's just how I'm wired, right? Some people are always optimistic. Some people's cup is not full, it's overflowing, right? So some of us are half empty and looking at the bottom and looking at the dregs. The problem, if there's a problem, is that we always see the problems. But here's the real problem. The real problem is it's always easier to see the problems in other people than it is to see the problems in yourself. Who knows that that's true? It's so much easier to see the faults and problems in other people. I could do this all day. I could stand here and talk about your faults and your problems. And you would all get very discouraged. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about my own faults and problems either. Because then I'd get discouraged. And I just want to go and sit down and go away and cry somewhere. But it's so much easier to see the faults and problems in other people than it is to see what's good and to see what we can celebrate. Jesus used an example in relation to this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 41, Jesus says this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Think about that. I've been treating my eye for a little infection uh, over the last wee while. I can't even see the infection, but I know that it's there because it irritates me. Imagine you trying to take a little speck of dust out of somebody else's eye and you've got a big plank in front of your own eye. I don't have a plank here today, but imagine, imagine it was this bit of paper. And I'm like, right, where are you? Come closer, I can't see you. Oh, wait a minute, that's my bad eye. Hang on a second. Could you imagine trying to help somebody who's got a speck of dust in their eye that way? It doesn't work. But what Jesus is saying is it's so much easier to see the problems in other people than it is to see the problems in yourself. And that leads to disunity. Unity requires honesty and humility. And that starts with ourselves. Only we can be honest with ourselves. Only we can choose to humble ourselves. And by the way, saying that you love someone and then turn them to shreds with your words is not what the Bible means by speaking the truth in love, okay? We're not supposed to be tearing people to shreds and then say, but I'm doing it in love. I'm doing it because I love you. Speaking the truth in love is very different from that. It's not about tearing each other to shreds. It's not about tearing us down about our faults and our failings because we all have them, every single one of us. Humility may be hard work, but humble yourself rather than leave it to God to do. Never ask God to humble you. Don't ever ask God to humble you. Never do that. Because if God humbles you, you will find yourself in some circumstances you wish you were never in. It's also like, don't ask God for patience. Help me to be patient. What will he do? He'll put you in a situation where your patience will be solely tested. We are supposed to humble ourselves. And that's hard to do because often we think too highly of ourselves. Sometimes some of us think too low of ourselves as well. That's not humility. 
Humility is something very different. It's having a realistic view of who we are. But actually, I would say humility, um, I've forgotten the guy's name now, Tim Keller, in fact, I think. I read something in one of his books. And the, the title of the book is, oh, I forget the name of the title now, but it's, it's about self-forgetfulness. It's a, a short book, you can get it. Um, I forget the name of the title of the book, but it's about self-forgetfulness. And humility is, is not looking down on ourselves it's actually thinking, it's not thinking about ourselves, thinking about others. John Bunyan said this, he that is down need fear no fall. John Bunyan wrote The Pilgrim's Progress and many other books beside. He said, he that's down need fear no fall. And I'm not sure if you remember me quoting J. John fairly recently, who said, humility is to receive praise and to pass it on to God without touching it. Humility may not be easy, but it's essential. Humility is the Jesus way. That's what we see in our Lord and Savior Jesus. He chose a way of humility. I wonder, I wonder what the church would look like if everyone intentionally looked for the specific ways to encourage someone else every week. If we all looked for specific ways, sorry, wrong, wrong slide, specific ways to encourage somebody every week, who would like to be encouraged on a weekly basis by somebody in the church? Let's have a show of hands. Okay, that's very few people. Oh, no, no, the hands are still going up. Let's keep the hands up, actually. How many people want to be encouraged? I want to be encouraged. I want to be encouraged regularly. I need encouraged regularly. Thanks. It's an old shirt, but, old, but it's, it still fits well. Recently, I watched an interview on, on, uh, on YouTube, and uh, the program is called Piers Morgan Uncut. And he was interviewing a man called Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've come across that name. He can be quite a controversial character. I actually quite like a lot of what he's, he has to say. And there was two points in this interview where he got really, really emotional. The first time he was talking about the reason why he says some of the things that he says is because there's a whole bunch of guys in the world today who need somebody to encourage them. And he got very tearful and emotional. And later on, Piers Morgan, he just kind of quizzed him on that and he got emotional again. And this is what he said. The reason he got emotional is, he says, it's really something to see constantly how many people are dying for a lack of an encouraging word. And how easy it is to provide that if you're careful. How many people are dying in our world for the lack of an encouraging word? If we only ever see the faults in people, are we going to encourage them? All we're going to do is point, 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 point. You need to get this sorted. You need to do this. You need to think about blah, blah, blah. And we forget all the time that when we're pointing, how many fingers are pointing back at us? One, two, three. How many people are dying in a world for a lack of encouragement? A lack of an encouraging word. People might not be Christians. People might be Christians. But everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. I don't know about you. In the, the society that we live in just now, I get absolutely wearied with the backbiting and the bickering. I get wearied with it. I get fed up listening to it. I have to switch off the television sometimes because I'm like, I've had enough. I've had enough of listening to the way that we speak to each other as a society. People need encouragement. 
Do people make mistakes? Hands up in here if you've never made a mistake. Oops, sorry, back down. (laughs) Every single person makes mistakes. Some in high-profile leadership positions, when they make a mistake, everybody feels it. Some of us in less high-profile positions, when we make a mistake, somebody still feels it somewhere. It's just that the consequences are different. I wonder, I wonder, could we be the person... Could you be the person who, rather than points out the mistake, picks up the phone, who sends that text, who shares the encouraging word, who sends the flowers, who sends the thank you card, who invites someone over for coffee or for dinner, and who prays for somebody, who asks, how are you, and then waits and takes the time to listen to the answer. You might say, nobody bothers calling me, nobody bothers texting me, Can I just tell you something? Let me share you a story. I hadn't planned to share this, but a number of years ago, not that many years ago, but it might even have been during COVID, actually, um, just during the initial time of COVID. And I remember I was just sitting praying because COVID was tough. And and for many, in many situations, it is still tough, right? Let's, Let's just call a spade a spade. But at the start, it was tough. And I remember praying and Lord and saying, Lord, I need, I need a father figure in my life. I need to, somebody to come alongside me and speak into my life. Where are the people who can come and speak into my life? And do you know what God said to me? This is what God said to me, and it was so clear. He said, who are you being a father to? And I remember being really challenged by that. Really challenged by that. Who are you being a father to? And I went, okay. I need to think about this. There are people around me that I need to be a father figure to. And so I began to start reaching out to one or two guys uh, who I know uh, and just saying, uh, you know, not, not actually saying I want to be a father figure to. I'm not saying that. Why would I say that? But just asking how they're doing. Just in, encouraging them, picking up the phone, sending a text, sending an email, having a Zoom meeting and just saying, how are you doing? How are things going in your life? And just cheering somebody on and encouraging them. And you know what I find? I find it in the process of giving away. When you give stuff away, it comes back. And the things that I was needing in my life actually came. <laughs> or after that, without necessarily, necessarily needing to go and look for them. Who are you being a father figure to? Who are you being an encouragement to today? Romans chapter 12, verse 8 says, If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. Some people just have a gift for encouragement. There are people in this church who have a gift for encouragement. They always encourage you. They always see the positives. And there are undoubtedly people who are gifted at encouraging others, but we each need to take responsibility for our words and sometimes often for our withholding of words. Do you know that criticism can be communicated in silence? It's quite a thought, isn't it? Criticism can be communicated in silence. It's when you should say something and you don't say it. And you withhold those words, words of encouragement. Paul said twice to the persecuted church when he wrote the letter of Hebrews, encourage one another. He says on one occasion we should do it daily. Encourage one another. Let's think about how we can encourage one other people. We're in this race together. We're in this race. We're running it. We have the same mission, the same purpose, the same goal. 
And the Bible says how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. I want to encourage us to run with others. Don't try and run the Christian race yourself. It's not how God intended it to be. We run the race together. We are a church. We are part of a body. We are a small part of the global church and what God is doing in this world. And we play a part in that, not just here, not just in the surrounding communities, but across our world, we play a part in that. That's why we do things like Samaritan's Purse. That's why we do fundraisers for Watoto. That's why we support missionaries in other countries. And we pray for them, we get alongside them, and we get involved in the mission. In our Jerusalem, our Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, we have a mission, and we can all be part of that mission. I wonder, are you going to do anything different today as a result of what you've heard? Are you going to do something different? Because at the end of the day, if God's word gets into us, it needs to make us do something. If the Bible and what we're reading is just words that go in one ear and straight back out the other, and they're not causing us to do anything, then there's a problem. We need to decide to do something different. If you're going to do something different, what is it? And how will you hold yourself accountable to that thing? Will you do it? Will you say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I struggle to think of an example. I'm going to, I'm going to text three people this week to encourage them. And then you get to next Sunday and you go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't actually text anybody to encourage them. We've got to put it into practice. That's the crux. That's what Christianity is. When I get to the end of my notes on a Sunday, there's a title that says application. What we're going to do about what we hear. And I heard somebody say this years and years ago, and it stuck with me. Christianity is the application. It's all about application. It's all about what we do. It's what we say and think is important, but it's about what we do. It's what we do with each other. Let's close our heads. Uh, close our heads. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I've got a membership class after this. I really apologize. It's going to be funny. <laughs> Let's not close our heads. Let's close our eyes <laughs> and bow our heads. And we'll pray as we finish our time today. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, dear. Father, we just thank you for each other. We thank you that you live in our lives. Father, we thank you that you're here. Week by week, you come to meet with us. And Father, week by week, we come to meet with you and with each other. And Lord, I pray over this, this little part of your church in Whitburn here. And Father, beyond, we represent different communi communities because we travel in to church. And Lord, we represent different areas of the country. And Lord, we're even online. And who knows who's listening to this message today perhaps even in another country in the world. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to get involved in the church, to get involved in your mission. Father, to get involved in sharing the gospel with people, reaching people with that gospel message. Father, help us to win people for you. Father, to see people becoming Christians. Father, people maybe who have backslidden to come back to you, people who've wandered away coming back in to the family of God. And Lord, we thank you that, that you're at work and that you're speaking about these things. And Lord, help us to be part of the solution. 
Lord, help us not to see the problems in each other, but Father, help us to see the solutions. Father, help us to see the best in each other, to encourage one another, because Lord, this world is a hard place to live in. And Lord, if we don't encourage one another, how can we expect anyone else to? So Lord, may we be a people who encourage one another daily. Lord, we encourage each other not only uh, to lift each other up, but we encourage each other in the mission Father, to go into all the world and to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to be everything that you've commanded us. Father, to see people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to see people coming into a relationship with you, to see people being set free by the power of your word. Father, to see people being transformed through the renewing of their minds. Lord, we pray that you'd move in us, in this church. Lord, we pray that there'd be a something uh, fresh, a fresh dynamic of the move of your Spirit in this church in our lives as we not only come together but Father as we are scattered during the week in different homes and different streets different communities Lord we just ask that you would move through this church Lord do a powerful thing in this church Lord may we run this win, run this race to win it but recognize that we're running alongside others Father may we run this race with understanding as we share all of who you are and what you're doing in our lives and Lord we pray Help us to value each other, the people that we're running with, the, the, the people who are in our team here. And Lord, we break that down into sub-teams and different ministries, but Lord, we're all part of one team. Father, heading towards the same vision and mission. Father, that we would see seeds of faith being sown in our communities. And Father, that we would reap the generations. And so, Father, we pray, move amongst us. Lord, we pray, make these things a reality and glorify your name in the process. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you. Help us not just to forget what we've heard today, but, Father, to put it into practice, to encourage somebody this week, to realize that we're part of a team, we're part of a unit here, and, Father, that our success is dependent on the people round about us. And so, Father, help us to encourage one another. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great week. And if you need prayer, remember to come on Tuesday at 7 o'clock in here. And we'll spend some time worshiping God. And then there'll be a time to pray for each other as we pray uh, collectively as well. So have a great week. The Lord bless you. And uh, may his face shine upon you.